0: Greetings, Weary Wanderer, and welcome back to Lonely TTRPG, the solo actual play and review podcast. This week, we are playing Doctor Who, the solitaire story game by Simon Kogan. So this week, we're gonna do something a little bit different. We're gonna go over the basic rules, but we're gonna kinda skip around a lot because the way that this game is set up is you actually have four booklets that you'll be using throughout. All right, you have your rules booklet, your enemy booklet, your TARDIS booklet, and your adventure booklet. We are gonna be focusing on enemy, adventure, and rules. But, Doctor Who Solitary Story Game is an unofficial fan game for the Doctor Who series. So all my Whovians out there, rejoice, this one is for you. Now, this is currently the beta edition. We have been given a little sneak peek to see what changes are coming for those of you who have played first and second edition. For everybody else, third edition does promise to be doing some major revamping. So, no worries there. Dive right on in. So, for gameplay, all right, how to play. Again, you have multiple booklets. So your adventure booklet will detail all the incredible locations that the TARDIS can visit. The enemy booklet is going to describe the various villains and aliens that oppose the Doctor. And the TARDIS manual details how to fly the incredible ship between adventures. And then of course you have the rules booklet, which tells you all the rules. So Doctor Who, a solitaire story game hereby referred to as Dr. Who, because this is a long name, consists of a series of adventures. Adventures are reached by using the TARDIS and played out as a series of turns. A standard turn starts with you selecting an action, such as exploring, planning, or investigating. Depending on the action, you're usually referred to a chart where you roll 2d6. That roll will then describe what is happening. After each action, you're gonna roll 2d6 on the enemy action table to see if the enemy has advanced their diabolical plan or if you have encountered them. If you do have an encounter, then you consult the enemy booklet. Now, with this, your characters are gonna have several values, qualities, and stats. All right, so the qualities are gonna be broken up into brains, brawn, and bravery. Now. A higher number is better with the human average of 1. Of course, the Doctor being the Doctor is going to be above 1 in most of their stuff. In fact, with 3 being gifted, Doctor has stats usually above 3. Characters are also going to have skills, which are useful throughout the game. There are 12 skills. And they are things like aware, charm, computers, TARDIS, STEALTH, that type of stuff. So for quality and skill roles, making these roles is the heart of Doctor Who, and often you have to make a role based on a quality or skill, such as a brains role or a charm roll. Any quality or skill role uses 2d6 to equal or exceed a target number for a success, such as history nine or brains 12, Roll your 2d6 and either count all the matching skills that your group has or total the quality of the characters involved. If the total of the roll and skills or qualities equals or exceeds the target number, then you have succeeded. Note that sometimes an event will only allow you to add your personal skills or qualities as the doctor. Uh, In addition, you have some abilities. So some characters, especially TARDIS characters or allies, have certain abilities that might help in your adventure, such as adding plus one to certain actions. And of course, you have luck points because luck is very important in the adventures with the doctor. After all, the doctor counts on luck more times than not. And then he waves a sonic screwdriver and says it was all skill. Finally, you have your victory points. You gain victory points for successfully completing your adventures when you defeat the enemy. Each goal on an enemy sheet has victory points shown next to it. You can also gain some bonus victory points in other ways, such as meeting historical icons such as William Shakespeare. Now, for your character and friends, all right? You're going to have your doctors, you're going to have your companions, and you're going to have your friends. Doctor is going to be with you. All right, you are the Doctor. Your companions may or may not stay with you the entire time. They are not necessarily permanent. At the end of every adventure, you are going to roll a d6. And if you roll less than your total number of current companions, then one of them will decide to move on from the Doctor. And then, of course, you have friends And these friends can pop in and out of the adventure. Usually they are adventure specific. Now, some other things that you have in here, you have idea cards, and these cards represent the various ideas, plans, or quirks that the doctor uses. The core set has 30 cards, three for each doctor, and 18 generic. Each idea card has a luck cost to play, as shown by the upper left green circle icon. At the start of the game, construct your 12 card idea deck from a pool of all the generic cards, plus the idea cards that correspond to your doctor. If playing a created doctor, because you can create your own, there are rules for that in here. You must construct your idea deck from generic idea cards only. Then draw three random cards for your starting adventure. Idea cards may be played at any time in an adventure, as long as you can meet the luck cost. Most idea cards are one use only and are then discarded, but some attach to the doctor and remain until the end of the adventure. At the end of an adventure, if you have less than three idea cards in your hand, you may draw a new one. You may also spend one victory point to gain a new idea card, but only one. At the end of a successful adventure, you may never have more than five idea cards in your hand at any time. You may also discard an idea card at any time to gain one luck point. Now, the TARDIS exists. It does things. We are not going to be talking about it because we have quite enough to go over today. But you are able to fly the TARDIS. There is a whole book on what you can do with the TARDIS. However, we are just going to do an adventure. And you also have your gadget cards. Now, gadget cards represent devices carried by the doctor with the sonic screwdriver icon, or systems on Board the TARDIS, which has the TARDIS console icon. Each gadget has a luck cost as shown on the top left-hand corner, and some have a doctor icon in the lower left corner to indicate which doctor can use them. The sonic screwdriver, for example, has several different versions, each with different bonuses and abilities. At the start of the game, Choose up to three costs in gadgets, and you may spend resources to buy TARDIS gadgets. You may later spend luck points to gain new gadgets after completing a successful adventure. You may also gain devices in adventures, such referred to on goal events, for example. But unless these have the gadget keyword, they are lost at the end of the current adventure. Gadgets, including all TARDIS gadgets, normally remain with you between adventures. The doctor may only carry up to three gadgets between adventures, however, and a companion may not normally carry any unless otherwise noted. Excess gadgets must be discarded unless stated gadgets are not unique and you may have duplicates, but may only use one at a time. And then the rest of the rulebook talks about adventures and how the adventures run, all right? So first with your adventures, they broke the timeline up into 12 different eras. So you can select a specific era. You can kind of roll randomly for it, whatever you want. Regardless, when you start your adventure, you're going to have two quantities vary throughout the adventure, and those are going to be danger and knowledge. So danger represents how threatening the current situation is and how an enemy completes their goal. Knowledge represents the information you have and gain in an adventure. It starts at zero and is gained from plot events, meeting characters, etc. Gaining knowledge means you first reveal the enemy and then how you discover their goal. And then of course you have your enemies and locations. So your adventures are going to help tell you what enemies you can choose and is going to provide a list of locations that you can travel through if you meet the criteria now your adventure is also broken up into three phases the discover phase the dilemma phase and the defeat phase your discover phase is when your adventure first begins and it is as you attempt to discover the identity of the enemy and this might take a couple turns it might not your dilemma phase begins When you discover the enemy plan by revealing their goal this is achieved by gaining knowledge equal to the scheme value given on the enemy sheet or by gaining a reveal goal result as a part of an action or event and then the defeat phase which is the final phase and the object of the defeat phase is to defeat the enemy and prevent them from accomplishing their goal if you complete the requirements on a goal before danger reaches 20. Then you defeat the enemy and have won the adventure. If not, you have been defeated and lost the adventure. So for a standard turn, all right, the player is going to choose an action and resolve it. You're going to roll and resolve any encounters at locations. You're going to roll for enemy actions and then you're gonna add one to your danger. Now, nighttime in your adventures. Lots of the Doctor's adventures take place after dark. So, to give some sense of time passing in an adventure, and to give more thematic flavor, some adventures feature night rules. They may alter encounters at exterior locations, give modifiers to roles such as enemy action, or change rules. Some enemies, such as the Weeping Angels, get even more terrifying at night. At night, exterior locations become dark, So you gain plus one to stealth rolls. And all human characters must spend one turn of night resting and take no action or be minus one to all qualities until the end of the adventure. Night may also have other effects if detailed on the adventure or enemy sheets. If an adventure features night rules, it will explain when night falls and for how many turns it will last for winning and losing adventures. If you win, you gain victory points. Gain enough victory points and you have won the game. But if you lose, then you need to roll 2d6 on the setback table and determine what your setback is. All right, so with that, that's pretty much, pretty much a lot of the rules that we need to go over. Anything else we will kind of get into as we play. So we're gonna go ahead and dive right on in. So I've already set up my mat, and all we have to do is add our luck of five. All right, so we're, we set up our map real fast. We have a luck of five, zero danger right now. We haven't picked an adventure. We are on turn one, which will be the start of our adventure and the discover phase. We have no knowledge. Now, in the beta rules that I have, I have eight adventures to choose from, which means we are going to roll 1D8, and determine what our adventure is. So we got Adventure 4. Adventure 4 takes place in Victorian-era London, 1892. The 11th Doctor with his faithful companion, Amy Pond. Why 11? Because I have two Doctors available to me in this beta test, and they always say that your first Doctor is your favorite, so... Yes, Matt Smith is my favorite doctor. I haven't seen enough of David Tennant. I just started his season not too long ago. Still working through. It. So, Matt Smith, it is. Why? Because Matt Smith is cool. It's cool, okay? Fezzes are cool. So, Victoria era London. You have landed in Victorian London. It is a dark, Cold evening, and thick fog covers the cobbled streets, which are lit by the soft but eerie glow of gas lamps. A handsome cab rattles past you as your breath curls in the chilly air. In the distance, you can hear the unmistakable sound of a ship's foghorn. You must be close to the docks. Time to experience living history. so right off the bat it is nighttime and night is going to last for four turns if we remember all right so the first thing that we need to do is we need to choose an action and as we're in the discover phase we have relax study explore and investigate we are going to go with explore so to explore you decide to explore the immediate area to see what you can find. Roll 2d6. If you roll doubles after resolving the result, the exploring characters randomly separate into two groups. So that is not doubles, we rolled a six. So on a six or a seven, you discover nothing unusual, no further effect. Add plus two to the roll if you explore next turn. So as we move through the foggy London streets, we take in our surroundings, but we haven't really seen anything. Nothing that really like stands out to us just yet. So now we need to roll and resolve any encounters at the location. And because we're in the London streets at night, that is going to be a D6 minus 1. But plus 2 if in the discover phase, so D6 plus 1. And we roll the two plus one is three. So we're going to remember that three for just a second because in order to have an encounter, we must first have an enemy. To determine the enemy, we are going to roll 1d6, and we got a two. So with a two, we get a gothic enemy. So moving over to our enemy book, Moving over to the enemy book, we have two potential gothic enemies. We have the weeping angels and we have the carrionites. So we're going to do even an odd with odds being the gothic angels and evens being the carrionites. Uh, we got an odd. So our enemy is going to be the weeping angels. Which, of course, appear to be angelic stone structures, but in reality are terrifying quantum creatures. And I was slightly mistaken, which tends to happen when you play this stuff blind, as I do. So that encounter roll we made, that's not going to be based on the enemy. That is going to be based on a table that is already in the location. So for the London streets, with a encounter roll of three we get an incident so we need to go to our rules book and we need to find our incident table so our incident table we're going to roll 2d6 and we got a four so at a four we get what have you done so it would seem that something is happening it would seem that something is going on in the streets of london And here we have the doctor and his companion showing up with their strange garb, obviously not from the area. And the local constabulary will come walking up to us and ask what we have done. We We seem to be getting blamed for the strange events that's going on. And of course, the doctor is going to be Asking, what do you mean? We haven't done anything. We've only just arrived to London. And that's not going to generate a whole lot of... That's not going to generate a whole lot of... compelling evidence to the constable. But... the doctor, being the doctor, is going to dazzle the constable with his big, big brains and managed to talk his way out there doesn't seem to be any real mechanical effects for what have you done as of right now so we're just going to let this be straight flavor now we are going to roll for enemy action probably should have rolled for the enemy action before deciding the what have you done but we got 11 for the enemy action And in the discover phase, that is the enemy encounter. So for this enemy encounter, we are going to roll 1d3 to determine how many angels we have encountered. Luckily, we only have one angel. Now, it says if you are not at a dark location and have more aware than the number of angels, they are quantum locked as statues. Make an aware roll 9 to gain knowledge, and the encounter ends. If the angels are not quantum locked, choose from the following. Well, we are in a dark location. It is night. Uh, So we're going to go ahead and attempt to evade this one angel. And we must make a running 10 roll to escape. So that is going to be 2d6 plus our running scores, which will be two. So 2d6 plus 2, and we have to get a 10. Not looking good for the home team. Oh, but we got an 11. And with that 11, with that 11, we are able to get away. So the enemy has revealed themselves. Therefore, we move from the discover phase to the dilemma phase as we attempt to figure out what the enemy goal is going to be. So, we gain no knowledge. Now, we will add one danger, bringing our danger up to one, and move on to turn two. So, now we are in the dilemma stage. It seems that some, like, it seems people were disappearing, and the weeping angels were involved. As we were confronted by the constable, we as we were confronted by the constable we found one of the angels and we luckily managed to escape by running away maintaining eye contact without blinking the entire time so now we need to now we need to either seek information research find help or challenge i think we are going to seek information so, with Seek Information, you get to add some character skills to this. So, I think we are going to add History as the... Actually, no, I think we're going to use Charm. I think, that, uh, I think that Amy and the Doctor are going to attempt to Charm some people on the London streets in order to try and find out some more information. So, we are going to roll 2d6 plus our Charm score, which is 3... And see what type of information we can get. And we rolled a a 1 and a 3 for a total of 7. And we discover nothing. We get nothing, sir. Which brings us to the encounter at location. So we're going to roll another d6. And we get a 1. We are still in the London streets. So we get another enemy encounter. So, once again, we run into another Weeping Angel. We run into two Weeping Angels this time. And we must evade. As it is dark, they are not temporally locked. So, that is going to be 2d6 plus our running of three. Correction, that's going to be 2d6 plus our running score of two. We must roll above a... We must roll above a ten in order to escape. And we got... Five. so now we are in conflict and we will attempt to outwit we try to bluff our way past the angels so this is going to be our brains versus their brains and they have a brain of 1 but there are 2 of them so plus 2 for their brain luckily we have the doctor with a brain of 6 Amy has a brain of 8 uh, correction, Amy has a brain of 2. So that is 8 total. So it is 2d6 plus 8. And we need to beat their 2d6 plus 2. So we rolled a 16. They rolled an 11. Minor correction, I only have to beat their brain score straight up. They don't roll on their own. So... We have outwitted the Weeping Angels, and with that outwit, we do gain 1 knowledge, which is good, because the Weeping Angels scheme score is 4, so 4 is the magic number we need to get in this phase. But now the enemy gets to have their action, so once again, we are going to roll 2d6, and the enemy got a 9, so with a 9, we have another enemy encounter. So as we outwit those two weeping angels, we find one more and we are going to attempt to run away, trying to get 10 or better. We do. We got a 13, so we managed to successfully run away from that weeping angel. And finally, we are going to increase our danger to two and move on into turn three. It is still nighttime. We still have two turns of night left. Hopefully, we can survive two more turns. So, I think after running around the streets, we we are going to attempt to I think we're going to attempt to move towards the musical theater hall. So, in order to do that, we are going to do a move roll and we need to get a 9. Need to get a nine on our move roll. So we're going to roll 2d6 plus our running, which is three, but it is dark. So we're going to subtract one. So it's gonna be 2d6 plus, or correction, yeah, 2d6 plus two, and we have to beat a nine in order to successfully move to that location. Luckily, we managed to roll another 13. So we have successfully moved ourselves to the music theater hall. A grand music hall welcomes impressive acts and memorable characters, both on and off the stage. So we get to add plus one to investigate and seek information actions here. If it is night, we may remain here for a full turn choosing no action as we enjoy a performance in the hall and gain one luck point per TARDIS character. And the bright side is there are no, For encounters, not really a whole lot we need to worry about unless we get a one, which of course we got because I said it. So we have an incident. We have an incident. So we need to find what our dilemma incidents are. Rolling 2d12 or 2d6, that is a six. Complications. All right, so according to the rules complications, we need plus two knowledge to reveal the enemy or goal. So we need plus two to reveal the goal. So that sounds like instead of revealing the goal at four, which matches the enemy scheme, we now need six knowledge in order to reveal the enemy scheme. Amazing. Yay. All right. Time for some enemy actions. Three. Nothing. Outstanding. The enemy does nothing this turn. They are weeping angels. That makes sense. So now we advance our danger to three, and we are going to advance our turn to four. Now we are going to attempt to seek more information here because we get a bonus. Because we're in the theater hall, we get to add... one to seeking information actions and so we are going to be seeking information and we're going to go ahead and use our history stat on this so that is history plus one and that will be uh, and then plus one for the location so 2d6 plus two and we rolled an eight So on an 8, we meet someone who might know something useful. Roll for a character event. So we're going to be rolling 2d6 off of the characters table. And we got a 7. So at a 7, we get the constables. Again, a pair of local bobbies taking interest in you. Make a charm roll to see what happens. So charm, 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 charm. Luckily, my charm is plus three. So 2d6 plus three. And that is going to be a nine. So, on a nine, no further events. Darn, one more point and they would have joined me as allies. But that's fine. Better to have nothing further happen than anything else. Now we need to do anything at the locate. God damn it. And then we rolled another one. Like the one thing that would cause an incident and we keep rolling it. And that is a six more complications. So now we need, now we need a knowledge of eight in order to succeed. So basically we are not getting this plan unless like we're not revealing this plan unless we reveal the plan. And for the enemy roll, seven, an enemy event. So for enemy events, we roll 1d6. We got a three. So on a three, blink in the next encounter with the angels. One of your characters loses aware. Well, that's encouraging. And then that will be it for this round or for this turn danger moves up to four turn moves up to five it is now daylight and that is also where we are going to stop so that is doctor who solitaire story game so again keep in mind this is beta all right this is beta i got a beta release not everything is present you know, think of this as think of this as doctor in the middle of their transition. All right. You got a lot of stuff there. You don't have everything there. But from what I've seen, from what I've seen, this is definitely this is definitely fun. This definitely has a little bit of a this definitely has that Doctor Who feel, especially if you can especially if you can pull it off. I can't, I'm not charismatic enough. All right. It's because I didn't go and find a bow tie. All right. Bow ties are cool and fezzes are cool, and I don't have a Fez, and I didn't bother to go look for one of my bow ties. So I apologize for that. That's why I couldn't pull it off. But, no, so the bones here are really great. The bones here are really great. After all, they are moving on to their third edition, so they have like they have figured out how to make this game. And this is definitely a fun game. This is definitely something to, like, if you're a big Doctor Who fan... You're going to find enjoyment in this and you're going to be able to, you're going to be able to have fun. Like one of the issues that I'm running into is there's not a whole lot right now, again, beta. And then of course I would get the weeping angels, which like weeping angel, like weeping angels in Victorian London sounds like, sounds like a good story. How I would craft that story is not necessarily how this game is going, you know, and then especially having the 11th doctor who has faced the weeping angels on several occasions. Like, like that's, that's where things kind of get, that's where things kind of get difficult. Um, Especially with very iconic, very like known enemies like the weeping angel. All right, the the other stuff, uh, a lot of the other characters, a lot of the other enemies in the book, very easy to very easy to have a lot of fun with. Um, plus, it gives you something to play off of. Weeping angels don't give you anything to play off of. Oh no, stare at the statue or run away really fast. And that was just that was just bad luck of the draw on my part, and part of the reason why we're uh, part of the reason why we're wrapping it up a little bit early. And I say that, I've been playing for an hour. It's late, it's time for me to get to bed. But, the Doctor Who Solitaire story game, third edition, really fun, great time. Make sure you go check it out. Now, you will be able to find this on BoardGameGeek when it comes out, that is, or hopefully, it is not released yet. And second edition does not seem to be on BoardGameGeek anymore. But if you want to keep up with this game and you want to find out where it's going to be released and when, make sure you go follow the game on Twitter at dwssg one All right. I will put that link down below. Go check them out. Go give them a follow. Make sure you let them know that Steel Sash sent you. And when this game does get its official release, make sure you pick it up. It is free because... It is free. Have fun with it. And remember, I must ask y'all to stay awesome. You've been listening to Lonely TTRPG. The solo TTRPG live play and review. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. You can also reach us at Twitter at BDDC underscore pod or at Dungeon company at gmail.com. If you really like us, you can consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Company. Thank you so much.